0: So good morning, good to be with all of you here this morning on this day of worship. Uh, good to be with those of you who are joining us online and then I know others watch during the week and, and come back and are part of worship as well. So it's good to see you all here today, you know, as as Marissa said, it's, uh, it's a hard weekend when you see the scenes on the news from from Israel and Palestine and all that is happening there. Um, it is, it's a good week to be talking about the fortitude of courage. Um, that's that, that aspect of courage that enables us to endure during times of hardship and adversity. And, and certainly all that is happening, the war that has broken out uh, um, is just sickening to me. Um, And the loss of life, um, the anticipated loss of more life, the multitudes who have been injured and the more who will be injured, uh, the grief, the loss, um, it's overwhelming to think about. So it's it's an appropriate week for us to be thinking about the fortitude of courage. So if you're with us for the first time today or joining us online for the first time, we're in a a sermon series called Brave Faith, and we've kind of uh, used the framework of a book by Bishop Tom Berlin. He's the bishop of our Florida United Methodist Church and the author of this book, Courage, following Jesus in brave faith or something like that. But anyway, the book's called Courage. Y'all y'all got it. Um, uh, and we've been, we've been, we're talking about that for six weeks. This is the fifth of those six weeks. So the first week we talked about uh, the clarity of courage and that clarity helps us to know our purpose and we can't move forward in courage without Knowing our purpose. The second week was the conviction of courage. We have to be convicted because um, it's not always going to be easy. And in order to be able to do what is right, not just what is easy, we need to have that kind of conviction. The third week I talked about the candor of courage and um, the necessity of being open and honest and forthright and at the same time um, balancing that with love and and grace. That's an act of courage. Uh, Then last week we were out of town. Um, We were enjoying a few days of, of vacation. It's always good to be away and it's always good to come home, right? Um, and Marissa talked about hope, the hope of courage, the hope that enables us to do what needs to be done and trust in, in God's ability to, um, to make that effective. We hope and anticipate uh, what God will do and how God will do it. And then today we look at the fortitude of courage and next week the love of courage. And again, Bishop Berlin will be here um, preaching this last Sunday of the series. We're going to have a reception afterwards right over here. And so I invite you to stick around and to show Bishop Berlin some of our tremendous Trinity hospitality. Um, I'm grateful for you all and who you are and how you receive people. So this morning, our scripture reading as we look at this fortitude of courage is the beginning of chapter 9 from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the first four books of the New Testament. And this is from Luke. And I invite you to follow along with me as, as I share this. Jesus called the 12 together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to heal sicknesses. He sent them out to proclaim God's kingdom and heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No walking stick, no bag, no bread, no money, not even an extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. Wherever they don't welcome you, as you leave the city, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. They departed and went through the villages proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. This is the word of God for the people of God and God's people say, thanks be to God. Let me invite you to bow your heads and pray for me in sharing this message with you this morning as I pray for us that we will all hear a word that God wants to speak to our lives today. Let's pray. Oh, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, you know, they say in job interviews that as much as the candidate is trying to impress the potentially future employer, the business or company should also try to impress the candidate. The employer should be enticing and encouraging and and talk about the perks and the benefits of the job. Certainly, Jesus wasn't following that good practice. True, maybe the disciples already committed to the work, but they didn't know that they were really in for that. After they signed on the dotted line, Jesus reminds the disciples about the mission, first of all. To proclaim God's kingdom and heal the sick. He provides them with no practical resources, though. Actually, he forbids them to take what they think they might need. Take nothing for your journey, Jesus says. No GPS, no suitcase or laptop, no food, no credit card, not even an extra dry shirt. (laughs) Rely completely on the hospitality of strangers welcoming you into their home rely on perfect strangers can you imagine the enormity of the task and the seeming lack of support and the resources being offered didn't seem to fit yet that was the reality Jesus calls us to do hard things and Fortitude is the staying power to be able to do those hard things. I think that's what Jan LeDuc said in, in the video. Uh, brave faith is, is being able to do the hard things that God calls us to do that we don't think that we can do. Madeline Lingle says this, We have to be braver than we think we can be because God is constantly calling us to be more than we are. We might not think that we are capable enough, gifted enough, courageous enough, but fortitude gives us the strength to keep on going in spite of that. Paul Coelho says, And one has to understand that braveness is not the absence of fear, but rather the strength to keep going forward despite the fear. Or maybe simple cowboy language says it best. John Wayne says, Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Jesus told the disciples the magnitude of their mission and emphasized the lack of their physical resources. But as frightened or as intimidated as they might have been, they saddled up anyway. So, first point about fortitude: fortitude is the strength to endure, to saddle up even when we're afraid, and even when we feel like we are lacking, that we couldn't possibly do it. Two, even though the disciples were sent out with what, what with what, without what they considered to be the basic necessities and resources that they needed, they really were given all that they needed. Verse one, let's go back to it again. Jesus, it says, Jesus called the 12 together and gave them power. Real fortitude, the endurance of courage is not self manufactured. It comes from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you probably know that more than 25 years ago, Steve and I were sent to the Sarasota-Bradenton area to do a new church start. And just a few weeks after we arrived, our second child was born. We moved to the Sarasota area with, basically without knowing a soul. We had no family there, no friends there. Uh, there wasn't even a, a parent church that was supporting or sponsoring us. The United Methodist Church was, but there was nobody local. That kind of new church start is now called a parachute drop, new church start, and that is certainly what it felt like at the time. In so many ways, we felt like we were lacking the resources. We were were lacking the abilities, the gifts, to be able to do what we needed to do, what we were sent to do. And then a couple of months later, our son was born, and he was born with a significant birth defect called Pierre-Robin sequence. Four days after he was born, they told us that they thought that he would live. I said, oh my goodness, I'm glad that I didn't know that you thought otherwise before that. Needless to say, we were with him every waking moment. He was in the NICU at Sarasota Memorial Hospital for 10 weeks and then came home and then he had to go back to the peds floor for a couple of more weeks. I was afraid that this new church start that we were sent to do would fail. We couldn't do what needed to be done. And and honestly, I really didn't care if it failed. I didn't care about anything but my son and I wasn't leaving the hospital. But you know what? God supplied all that was needed. God sent us power sent us out with power to accomplish more than we could ever ask or imagine. That period of time without a doubt was the darkest and the most difficult and frightening time of our lives and yet God provided us with the power, the strength, to endure. When I couldn't see a way forward, when there was no way that we could do what needed to be done relying on our own resources. God supplied the power. One of the first core families to commit to being a part of this new church start was a nurse from the NICU and her husband and their son. And then as the church began to take shape, several other nurses from the NICU also became a part of the church. I wasn't going to leave the hospital. But you know, God and the power of the Holy Spirit can start a church even in a hospital. Teresa of Avila says this Mother Teresa, let nothing frighten you. Who has God lacks nothing. God alone is enough. So the second point is that fortitude is possible only when we draw our strength from God rather than trying to tap into our own resources, our own limited resources. God supplies the power and gives us the strength to endure in times of hardship and adversity. We receive power that gives us the fortitude of courage. The third point is that the fortitude of courage requires us to know our mission. In his book, Tom Berlin talks about being wholehearted. He he gets that from um, a prayer of confession that is is in our book of worship, in our, our communion liturgy. Part of this traditional confession says, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. Having fortitude helps us to live into our deepest convictions and beliefs knowing that we are all in, that we have a whole heart, that we are wholehearted in our love for God. In chapter 10 of Luke, right after we've read chapter 9, um, where the scripture comes from, a teacher comes up to Jesus and asks him, you know, uh, a teacher, what, I mean, a, a student comes up to Jesus and asks him, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, what, what's the most important thing? And, and Jesus responds to him, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and you must love your neighbor as yourself that's our mission. Love God deeply. Love our neighbor deeply. You know, in early 2021, uh, right as the COVID vaccines were being developed, or had been developed, the county health department came to us and asked Trinity if we would be a site to offer, for them to offer vaccinations uh, we had a large space, we have a large space with, with plenty of parking outside and easily accessible on flat ground and, and we're, we're a voting location and, and honestly I'm sure they were aware of the, the strong and vibrant uh, witness of Trinity as a church that cares about our community, that has and does and will care about our community and demonstrate that in tangible ways. And so they asked us, will you all be a site for vaccinations? Now, our first instinct was to be all in and say, yes, we will do that. After all, what could be a more appropriate way of loving our neighbor in that critical time than being a site for vaccinations, helping save lives? But also there were concerns, concerns raised from from different um, perspectives about what if someone got hurt on our property? Um, you know, the elderly were going to be the first to receive those vaccinations. What if, what if someone fell? And, and what if someone had an adverse reaction to these vaccinations? They were new. Again, it would be on our tro- property. And, and would, would, could Trinity be liable? Perhaps we could have. But it was the right thing to do. Trinity, we are people who love our neighbors and when we are wholehearted, when when we are clear about our mission to love God and to love our neighbor, we have the fortitude to uphold with integrity our deepest beliefs and live into them in spite of the cost. And you know, Trinity did that and then more and more United Methodist churches across our uh, state and nation began to be host sites for vaccinations because we're clear about our mission to deeply love God and to deeply love our neighbors. So the third thing is that fortitude means knowing our mission and wholeheartedly embracing it no matter what the cost. The fourth point. We need each other to have courage to endure hardship and adversity. Here's the verse again. Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and sent them out. And they departed and were together in all of the villages, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. They did it together. And then in chapter 10, again, Jesus uh, this time sends out 72. He commissions 72 to go out, but you know what? He doesn't send them out individually, even though they can't all stay together in one home, obviously. He sent them out in pairs. Go out in pairs. The good news is still spreading rapidly, and it is something that we all do together. We need each other We need each other. We need to be in community in order to have the fortitude of courage. And together, they must have been effective because the church is still thriving 2,000 years later. And then finally, the fifth point. Fortitude enables us to endure, to be courageous, even when it is not easy. When we are courageous... There will be resistance. We're immediately reminded of that in this scripture passage. Jesus tells them, go out and rely on the hospitality of perfect strangers. And then right after that, Jesus says, but if they don't welcome you, shake the dust off your feet and go your own way. Rely on the welcome of others, but by the way, don't be surprised when they don't welcome you and and just go on your way. Trinity, we know who we are. We are people called to love God and to love our neighbor. And we have boldly proclaimed that in our community. We do that again and again through our actions. Remember how we peppered the community with, with those uh, yard signs that said, hashtag love your neighbor, our love your neighbor campaign. We know that loving our neighbor means loving everyone young and old and in between black and white and brown persons with differing abilities and and exceptionalities different different sexual orientation and as we've been clear about how we're going to love everyone we've experienced resistance you know in the last year about a third of the United Methodist Churches in the state of Florida have or will by the end of the year disaffiliate. They will leave the United Methodist Church. That means many churches, some churches, actually not many, some churches in our area have decided to leave our denomination. And that's hard. That's hard for for churches that we've been in relationship with to to um, want to disaffiliate. And it's hard for us as clergy. We We have friends and colleagues that we've had for years who are no longer United Methodist pastors. That also means that some people who have been a part of Trinity for a few years or for many years have left and become a part of other churches Trinity is called to be a courageous witness welcoming all people and that kind of courage takes fortitude to endure even in the face of adversity and resistance. Even in the face of of broken uh, relationships and loss but Trinity has a long history of committing to boldly follow Jesus with fortitude, even when it it takes making tough decisions, even when it means sacrifice. Not long after Jesus called the 12 together and sent them out with power, Jesus said to them, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me will save them. So fortitude is the courage that perseveres even when we're afraid or feel like we're lacking. Fortitude can't be conjured up on our own, but can only be found through the power that God gives through the Holy Spirit. Fortitude requires focusing our whole hearts on embracing our mission to deeply love God and deeply love our neighbors. Fortitude requires relying on one another and the strength of being in community. We can't go it alone. And fortitude finds a way forward even when the way will not be easy. You know, friends, as I think about our world right now, the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel and Palestine, the state of our democracy, the uh, divide between partisan politics, the divide over partisan politics, um, the state of our church, the loss Perhaps nothing is more appropriate today than to talk about the fortitude of courage. Because Trinity, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we together are a courageous witness for Christ. Loving God deeply and loving our neighbors deeply. I thank you. I applaud you. I honor you for being a courageous witness. And I thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit that it might continue to always be so. Let's pray together. Oh God, we come together today knowing that we don't have what it needs, what we need to do this on our own. We, we lack the resources, but you, O oh God, supply the power. And so we pray that you will take us as we are and that you will use us, continue to use us, strengthen us, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that power that only you can supply, that we might receive the fortitude of courage to be courageous witnesses for Christ and in the name of Christ. Amen.